it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hopalong John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Reel Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Reel Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Well, thank you, Mark Larson and Summit California. Welcome to another live edition of Rod and Reel Radio. I am your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy, and we appreciate you tuning in tonight. I think we've got another jam-packed, fast-paced show for you this evening. But before we get to it, let me introduce to you the co-host of Rod and Reel Radio. He is the voice of 1-800-Bass Boat and a pretty good saltwater and freshwater fisherman in his own right, Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, how you doing? I'm doing fine, John. Good evening, everybody. It's been one of those days of cleaning out the garage, trying to get the boat back in. Still you gotta, on. you gotta do that, Stan. Hey, Stan, let me uh, let our uh, listeners know what's in store for them tonight because it is a jam-packed show. We're gonna start off uh, right at the five o'clock hour here with Mr. Jeff Schulter. He's the head guy at St. Croix Rods, and I've got to tell you, you've probably seen or fished with those rods before. The Legend, the Mojo version. He's gonna update us on what is happening at St. Croix this all-USA-made product, so we look forward to speaking to them then. And then at 6 o'clock, boy, we've got two special guests. I know a lot of you have had a chance to catch a big white sea bass. Could you imagine catching a white sea bass that is 70 pounds? And now put yourself on a kayak and catch a 70-pound kayak, a 70-pound white sea bass from a kayak. We're going to have two individuals that have been with us, that are going to be with us that have done just that. We're going to have Brian Fagan, who just caught one that won about 74 and a half pounds. And back from 2000, we're going to have Dennis Spike, who had one that went 75 pounds, both from a kayak. They're going to be with us to relate their stories. I know you're going to be interested in that. And then along about 640, Show promoter Bart Hall is going to be with us, and he's going to let us know what's happening with this year's Fred Hall Long Beach show. A lot of happening there. That's only uh, uh, two and a half weeks away, so you're going to want to get ready for that. Wendy is on the road coming on back from uh, Bass Pro Shop where she was doing a display for Iserline. She'll be joining us later on in the program. Lots to talk about tonight, so why don't we get to our first guest and stand? You're responsible for bringing our first guest on with us. Why don't you introduce him to our listening audience? I will be happy to do that. I am honored to have the best 
sponsors in fishing. You know, have been for a long, long time, but this is one of my favorites. The St. Croix Rod Company is numero uno as far as I'm concerned, and you'd have to prove me a liar to make that work, and you can't. But the vice president of the the company, he and his brother, run it there. Mr. Jeff Schluter is, uh, I'm happy to say, a part of our show tonight. Welcome, Jeff. Are you there? Can you hear me, Stan? Yeah, there you are, Jeff. We can hear you now. Are you there? I'm here. Thank you. Yeah, evening, can you everyone. hear Stan okay? I can hear Stan fine. All right, Stan, take it away, sir. Stan, are you there? Well, looks like we lost Stan. Hey, well, Jeff, Stan's going to be calling back. I know we want to welcome you to Rod and Real Radio. And first Thanks, of all, uh, uh, St. Croix Rods, made in Wisconsin. Tell us a little bit about the background of the, of the company. Thanks, John. Happy to. Uh, St. Croix, we've been around for 69 years, 68 years, and we are launching quite a few new models, quite a few new series for 2016, and two of them – uh, very noteworthy series. Actually, three I'm going to highlight here. Avid Inshore, a saltwater series. Mojo Bass, a bass technique-specific series. And Legend Elite, our, our flagship freshwater series. All, right. All going to be uh, highlighted at the uh, upcoming Fred Hall Long Beach show. Well, you know, uh, you know the, the company has been around for a little while. Tell us about how the company came about and how you've been able to stay uniquely an American-made product? Well, the company actually was founded in 1948 by a couple brothers and uh, uh, a cousin coming out of uh, World War II, uh, came back into the upper Midwest, uh, back to their home in uh, Minneapolis. And they, these guys were pretty in, ingenia, ingenious. Uh, they, they designed a new um, uh system where they, they added a ferrule, basically a ferrule to a cane pole. And they got a, a, a order from a hardware store chain in the Twin Cities. And within a year, the company had uh, grown to 95 employees. We're looking for a place to manufacture out of the Twin Cities and move to central Wisconsin. So it's that jointed cane pole that really started St. Croix. All right. And Stan, are you back with us yet? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I can barely hear you, but I'm back. I got lost in the box there somehow. Yeah, sorry about that, Stan. We got Jeff on uh, with us now. He was just telling us a little of, of the history of St. Croix. And uh, you want to talk to uh, Jeff specifically about some of the products he was mentioning, the Avet series, and obviously uh, 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 the uh, Mojo series. And, uh, you know, let's find out about these rods. And and especially the fact that they are American-made. So take it away, yes, Dan. Well, you know, I think probably dollar for dollar the finest made fishing rod on the market is the Avid series uh, that St. Croix makes. Uh, It'll match up to any rod in the highest end anywhere, and it's medium medium price range, but it's got the best components on it. So, I mean, if you kind of compare rods for rods, uh, I think you'd have to start there. The Mojo series is made for the bass fishermen um, and and a, at a better price point, but it didn't lessen the productivity. Uh, as my brother's one of my brother's favorite rods is one of those he uses it for stinko fishing. And then if you want to jump up from there, you've got 
the Elite Series, and you've got the, the they made a blue rod. A lot of the times, the guys went, well, I don't know about that blue rod, but now the guys are really embracing the products that that have come from uh, St. Croix, and I, I think they they become probably one of the leading maybe the leading rod manufacturer in the United States, as far as I'm concerned. We have Jeff Schulter with us, the vice president of St. Croix Rods. And, Jeff, what is it that separates these three categories of rods that you make? Really what separates them is the componentry and the blank design. And in the case of the, the Avid, it's our what we call our SC3 graphite. It's, it's a really premium quality mid-grade modulus fiber that's got a real high strain rate, and what it does is allow us, allows us to build a blank that is extremely lightweight, very sensitive. It's got a great bang for the buck as far as the dollar value, and it is strong. It's durable. It, it's robust. It, it holds up in a market, in a, in a real world. So that Avid is, if I always tell anglers, if it was me, if I was buying rods, I'd, really, I'd take a hard look at the Avid, whether it be our Avid X, which is a split grip, micro-guided, pretty much a bass-oriented uh, series, or the standard Avid, which includes, uh, you know, trout models, fly models, uh, salmon steelhead, of course, bass and walleye, pretty much the whole gamut within the category of, of freshwater. I would really look at the Avid series and start from there because it puts you into at about two hundred dollars, you're getting into a high-end American-made product that's got a great warranty and it's got a lot of componentry, lot you know, good quality, premium componentry. And the, but the key is the blank. It's really a sweet blank. I'll vote for that. I think most of the guys that have Saint Croix that have bought Avids, it's one of the rods that they use all the time. It just yeah, becomes close. one of the arsenal. Uh, from there, you have choices going further forward, and, and I've got a pretty much a mix in my boat because each one has its own kind of a personality, the flex pattern for what you want to do with a particular bait. So you know, I've right. got some of the, uh, a bunch of the Avid series that I use, including some of the spinning rods in Avid because I think that, that tip where you get a little lighter tip with a little less modulus and, and it gives you a little bit better action sometimes for, for drop shot fishing and then jump into the the Legend Tournament Series, and then you've got the Legend Extremes and uh, Legend Elites, depending on what you want. I mean, I, I, I really have a, a few of all of them that you, I use in the arsenal. But the, the best part is, I mean, they are balanced, lightweight, and, and the products that St. Croix uses, they don't skimp on anything like you see from rods that come from, especially from overseas. No, they're not. They don't have the same quality. I don't think that we have in our rods in any way, shape, or form. And they can't met, match the way that they're built. We've got systems built in from the IPC that it doesn't have any hinges in the rod. I mean, Jeff can go through their, the products and how they build them, but nobody builds a rod like Saint Croix. Well, thank you very much for that uh, that endorsement, Stan. It's true, you know. <clears throat> You can take put a rod in your hand, and there's a lot of great rods out there. There really are. But to be able to create a rod and create a series of rods and a whole line of rods and to be able to offer really good consistency day in and day out and robustness along with the lightweight, that's really what, you know, it's not hard to build a, a strong rod, but it's hard to build a strong and light rod 
and do it really well consistent, consistently. And that's where I think we thrive. And if you ever have a problem, we're going to have a, we have a service team that's there to step behind our product. And that's really the other part of it that has allowed us to be in business for so long is that, you know, the service after the sale. And let's face it, anglers have accidents, rods do break, things happen. It's how you take care of it when things happen that, and getting folks back on the water that really makes a difference, and that's where really we thrive. It's uh, being able to be there when, when, when things go away, and sometimes they do. Well, Jeff, I know you're particularly interested if, uh, if a rod fails for whatever it might re- be because you take that and you incorporate it into your manufacturing process if it's something that you're doing or, you know, whatever the consideration is. But what I'm excited to hear about is that, even though you're a Wisconsin company, you're going to be coming out here to the Fred Hall Show in Long Beach. And I know it's impossible for a dealer to carry every rod that a manufacturer makes, but you're going to bring the rods, and the guys are going to have a chance to, to look at these different lines of rods and feel them and, and talk to the experts themselves and, and figure out which model works out best for their application. Yeah, John, absolutely. We'll be at the Fred Hall Long Beach show, uh, the St. Croix booth. We'll be there with uh, a lot of the a lot of the listeners have uh, met Mark Vehar. He's been running the St. Croix booth for gosh, fifteen or twenty years now. And Mark is an angler. He knows fishing. He's fishes long range. He fishes uh, inshore. He's a very accomplished fly angler. Not to mention bass. And he, he just knows how to fish and knows how to communicate features and benefits, and just be able to answer questions without any pressure, no pressure at all, just, you know, being, be able to stop at a booth, pick up a rod, pick, answer questions, and, and go about your way and gather information. That's what we're there for. And, of course, they're there at the show to support our, our retailers, and we will have, uh, we'll have rods for sale but at, the, at the retail uh, booths. But, yeah, we're here, we're here to basically answer questions and help anglers with the process of picking out that next rod you know and i plus you're going to have a, a, a lot of the pros will be there i know that the pro staff guys jeff larson my booth myself and my brother ken are both uh st croix uh fishermen also we're sponsored by st croix so we'll be right across from st croix we always are at 800 bass boat for insurance there uh you'll have several of the other st st croix pros that will be in the booth there so you'll always have somebody that knows what they're talking about and what's the difference between each of the rods and what you're looking for as a tool because each rod can be its own tool. In my boat, a rod is set up for one thing and one thing only, and and each one of them has its own use. So uh, as you go along, you'll kind of kind of peek and tweak your your fishing system. You know, Saint Croix I think is the best rod period on the market in the world. Well, you know, Jeff, we know that uh, Saint Croix has been uh, an intimate part of the success that uh, Stan and his brother have had in the bass fishing world. But uh, at the Fred Hall Show, there will be a variety of the rods that you have for inshore applications. Uh, uh, I'm going to presume for fly fishing, for just a lot of other applications besides just uh, freshwater bass fishing uh, that uh, St. Croix is known for. John, that's absolutely right. We'll have all our new rods, and uh, in particular that, that new Legend Elite, the new Mojo Bass, the new Avid Inshore, and last year's uh, big hit, the Avid X, which is a freshwater series. 
those are four that I'd really take a good look at. Um, I know that um, we've had a lot of interest um, since we launched them this year, and uh, as far as you know, as far as popularity, nothing's more popular in our lineup than our Mojo brand. It's um, whether it's Mojo Inshore or Mojo um, Bass. We also just this year launched um, Mojo Bass Fly, seven foot eleven inch fly rods for the bass fly angler. Really mm-hmm. cool sticks. Right. So we'll Jeff. have those at we'll have those at the booth also. I know we have the Fred Hall show coming up, but for those people that want to familiarize themselves with the St. Croix line, where can they go to get that information so they can kind of get up to speed that when they get to the Fred Hall show, visit the St. Croix booth, they'll have uh, you know the right questions to ask the guys there for their applications. Thanks, John. That'd be stcroixrods.com. stcroixrods.com. And uh, you, you can find us on the web, obviously, and uh, Google us. You'll, we'll come right up. Um, look forward to seeing the folks down at the show. All right. Hey, Jeff, thank you for being with us. And, and Stan, you know what? Uh, you've got, you're hooked up with a great company here. Well, I think I'm hooked up with the best company. I, I love being able to flat, stand just flat-footed and say that because uh, I, I, there's, I, there's a better-made fishing rod in the market. And and I'm very, very, very proud to be a part of St. Croix. And, and then, you know, kind of they work with us. They listen. They have continued to evolve their, their fishing rods to, to what the fishermen's needs are. I, it's, it's a very great company to work with, and I am proud to be a part of it. You know, and me as a retailer, I'm always happy to be able to give my employees a product that they never have to apologize for selling. And St. Croix is one of those items. Jeff uh, uh, Schulder from uh, St. Croix Rods, uh, thanks a lot for being with us tonight and giving up some of your Sunday to, to be here. My gosh, John, thank you so much. And Stan, likewise, and Wendy, uh, good talking with everyone. Good night. Yeah, and we look forward to visiting your part of the country where we can go fishing, too, because seems like there's a fish or two to be had in your part of the world. <laughs> no doubt about that. <laughs> look forward to that. Thank you. Hey, what are these days? Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we got to take a break right now. This is Rod and Real Radio on AM 540 or com. Stay tuned. More of Rod and Real Radio to come with Phil Friedman. We'll be right back. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main at El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. 
shop. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has a new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag, Quantum Fishing. We are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619 466 8355. This segment of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to balloonfisherking.com for further information. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. And we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Stan Vandenberg's with us tonight. Wendy Toshahara, she's on the road. She's going to be joining us a little bit later on. She's been at a show at the Bass Pro Shop, and we look forward to her uh, report. Hey, uh, just one note here. John Campbell has asked me to let you know that entries now for the 2016 International Yellowtail Derby are being taken as we speak. The tournament runs April 30th through June the 5th. There are categories for yellowtail, white sea bass, and halibut. And if you enter before March 15th, you get a little discount on the entry fee. You can fish one day or 36 days of the event. So it's going to be a great event down here, the International Yellowtail Derby. You can get your entries online by going to yellowtailderby.com, and we look forward to speaking to John Campbell next week to to get more details about the derby. Hey, right now, let's uh, find out what's happening in local Southern California saltwater scene with a voice himself from Phil Friedman Outdoors. What the heck is happening, Phil? Mr. Phil Friedman. Phil, welcome to the show. John, thank you so much. And Stan, always great to be with you guys. John, I haven't seen you since I was 
down in San Diego the last time, and I wanted to tell you how delightful it was to see you and tour your store. I've never been to your store before, and it's amazing, the inventory and the staff, and I really, really enjoyed myself. It was good to see you down there, my friend. Hey, it was good having you down here, Phil, and that was a, a great program that you put on for the San Diego Anglers, too. But I've got to tell you, Phil, in a quote-unquote normal season, we might be talking about the great sand dab bite or maybe some uh, uh, you know, sand bass off our coast and uh, you know a few rockfish, but this is not a normal season, and I know that you probably have a report that even during the middle of the summer would knock our socks off. Well, let's try and see what we've got. It certainly is good fishing. There's no question about it, and you're right. In a normal year, Stan and I would be comparing blue perch tips right now, but (laughs) (laughs) we're not doing that, and fishing is so good. Gary LaCroix, a guy in Torrance, California. In fact, he's a police officer there for many, many, many years, but I met Gary back in the 70s when he was running the pursuit. In fact, uh, he was one of my mentors. Uh, I was a pinhead deckhand on board the Redondo Special, working my way up. And Gary, just a great guy. He now owns the Highliner out of Redondo Beach, and I was out with him last year. Had a great time with my son, Philip. Philip caught a big jackpot yellowtail out there at Catalina Island. The reason I bring Gary up is because he's on board the Royal Polaris, and on his very first day, I didn't get a weight on it, but it sure looked like a fish that was up there two, two-something. He had a beautiful, big yellowfin tuna, and I want to send my congratulations along to Gary and his family, his son Brian, who's always all over PFO. And, man, I'll tell you, what a catch and what a season they're having down there on the long-range fish. Those boys have been all over, the XL, the Royal Polaris, all the guys have been having great fishing. The Intrepid right now is heading down the coast, and, of course, we'll keep our eyes on that. Now, Cedros Island, we have... A guy down there, a really good guy, Roberto Miranda, who listens to us on Aventuras Alade Libre. He actually picks us up down there when he's ponga fishing. He tells me that the big calicos have just started to turn on at Cedros. They're picking some yellows down there. He says most are small, not that big, but starting to head in the right direction. San Quentin, 140 miles below the border, still good yellowtail action. They've had some windy episodes here recently, but for the most part, operations like uh, Tiburones Pongas, have been doing just great with fabulous yellowtail action, some big sheep's head and whitefish, and also a variety of other bottom grabbers to go along with it. Now, there was some wind for some of the fleet that got down there to Punta Colinette, 120 miles below the border, and they did run into some difficulties, some guys, but the Pacific Queen ended up with 111 yellowtail. John, that's what you're talking about, big yellows, biting the yo-yo iron, 50-pound, 60-pound mono, wind on it as hard as you can, and when you get a bite, you just keep turning the handle. That's how you set the hook when you're fishing the yo-yo. And, man, that is some darn good shooting, really excellent fishing. And it just doesn't seem to want to slow down in this spectacular year. And you got to think when we get a little bit of water temperature on it, it may even click in a little bit better. Who knows? And also, I'm one that's starting to believe that we may see more sea bass this year. We'll see how that plays out as things go on. Malahini yesterday. 73 yellowtail at the Coronado Islands on their nice. three-quarter trip, all yo-yo ironfish. I shouldn't say all. Some of the private boaters down there are fishing dropper loop and bait, and there's been some fish even caught on the surface iron, but primarily yo-yo iron. Nice day for them. And at last uh, word, uh, the Mission Bell was up over 30 yellowtail for the day today out of Point Loma sport fishing in San Diego, California. So some really, really 
great fishing going on down there in that neck of the woods. And more and more bigger fish starting to get into that Coronado Island picture. We had a lot of that 5 to 10-pound yellowtail, starting to see more and more 15 to 25-pound yellows down there. And that is great news. A few barracuda, why not? I mean, it's the dead of winter, but it acts more like spring. And some bonita mixed up with it. So some pretty doggone good fishing going on down there. Um, Catalina Island, boy, I got to tell you, in terms of the fishing, there, it hasn't been all that great. It's been okay perch and occasional little flurry on some smaller yellowtail. A few calico bass, mostly shorts. But the lobster bite has been absolutely spectacular over there, if you can call it a bite. Uh, I'm telling you, the gale force and the triton out of L.A. waterfront go to Catalina Island every Thursday through Sunday, and they come back with limits on just about every single trip. It's mind-boggling how good it has been over there in that neck of the woods. On the coast here, we had a little bit of a sardine die-off that didn't get mentioned in the news, probably because it wasn't that big, but there were thousands of dead sardines up in Huntington Beach, uh, a student of mine, believe it or not. The, the craziest part about this story is, that I actually taught high school at one point. But a student of mine, Ted Havel, Ted, Ted called or sent me a picture, and he said, man, there are thousands, five to 10,000 dead sardines here on the beach, and we ran that photo. Um, you got to think maybe that chum will bring some more fish in. And right out our front window here for several days, excuse me, I have been fighting a really bad cold, but for yeah. several days yeah. um, we have seen saner after saner, and we don't see these big saners in here. John and Stan, but they are here, and they are getting fin bait, obviously, probably some of that sardine. And halibut are starting to show up. Eferine Vasquez from Los Angeles, California, sent me a nice halibut. He caught up there around Marina del Rey fishing the beach today, so that's good to see. And I've seen some other surf anglers with some really, really nice scores, and that looks like it's getting ready to happen. In this neck of the woods, out in front of our place, we've seen some decent yellowfin croaker, but no barred perch. I'm wondering when those barbed perch are going to show up here in this neck of the woods. Santa Ana River Lake, still some really excellent fishing going on on some giant trout up there. To 18 pounds, 20 pounds for trout. Santa Ana River Lakes, man, that has been really a great place for the family to have some fun. So a lot of great stuff, John, as you said. It's not very winter-like fishing here for Southern California, but we will take it. Yeah, it seems yeah, like a like Go on, Stan. Go on, Stan. It seems like uh, you're, you're, you're breaking up a little bit. I don't know what's going on there, but um... hello. Go on. We can hear oh, you. Oh no, no, I couldn't. I couldn't hear you. It's a problem. Now I can hear you. <laughs> well, you know the uh, the private boaters are reporting great catches of fish, but I I heard from uh, uh, Captain Drew from the Pacific Queen. He is booked all throughout February already, and now taking reservations in the March because this is how good. The trip is, and I suggest that if you got time, you uh, and you want to go fishing, you get a hold of H and M or one of the landings, find out which boat's going out, and to get on it because of the fact that, boy, this I, you know, Phil, do you remember the bite even being this good last year? Oh no, I don't, John. I mean, in the winter time, I don't think we had it quite this good, and certainly in previous years, you know, you would hope. You go down on one of those colonnette trips, and you catch all the rockfish you want, big lings and everything else, and you'd hope for a little, you know, maybe 10, 15, 12 yellows, something like that. So you were in the ball game. You had a shot at a nice big yellowtail. And if you got that, what the heck, man? That is a great opportunity because you're down there 
rockfish season is closed in Southern California. You get to go down to the pristine waters of Baja and catch all these big links and everything. And if you get a little shot at the yellowtail, fantastic. But, I mean, we are talking hundreds and hundreds of yellowtail, along with some really great bottom fishing when the weather allows you to fish it. And, uh, as, as you say, it's just really something you know, we're not going to miss until we don't have it. That's when you're going to miss it. And uh, it, sometimes you get used to this kind of thing. But I'm telling you, people should really realize just how special this is and take advantage of it. Remember, El Nino years are normally followed by La Nina conditions. So very cold water condition could be in our future at some point in time. And that necessarily is not a bad thing. It's going to change things. And we're going to see other creatures, perhaps, even with long fins, swimming off. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what <laughs> <right. Like, right. laughs> Some of those albacore. Right a lot of the guys are catching fish, and there's red crab in all of the fish that are out there right now. Normally, you don't see red crab until midsummer, and you've got to drive south to find them in the water. But they're up here in our waters. The fish that are feeding on them is yellowtail to get their stain around. I, I have friends that put their private boats out, and they're looking for bluefin and, and trying to find the tuna outside the Cortez and outside uh, San Clemente. They went on an exploratory trip. I haven't heard back from them yet because they're still out. But um, because the weather was right, they took the shot because they just figured, you know, that fish really didn't go too far, maybe didn't even leave. So you, you just don't know. But it looks like, you know, this is stacked up to be, Another great season like last year. It certainly hasn't quit. Even the local fishing, we've got the sea bass coming in. There's squid up north here. Uh, the rotation of the boats, of, you know, they don't get the same numbers, but the fish are being caught, and some of the private boaters are keeping their mouth shut about what they're catching. So it's, it's going to start going here pretty quick again, and there's no reason to not try to go down south here to get down to Colonnette or San Martin Island and catch that yellowtail that's down there wanting to cooperate. Yeah, Stan, I've even had reports that uh, guys have caught fish, and the fish erp up these red crabs. They'll take the the fishermen will take these red crabs, hook them on back up to a hook, send them on back down, and catch more fish. And I yep. I, I can't even understand how that is because when you look at these red crabs on your uh, sonar on your graphs. Uh, they're in clouds. It's just incredible. And we already have a 50-pound yellowtail that's been caught off La Jolla. And as we'll find out later on in the show, there's been a 74-pound white sea bass. So John Campbell's telling me he thinks that for the yellowtail derby, this is going to be the year of the big fish. Man, I'll tell you what, it's, it's something out there still. So, you know, it'll be another great year of fishing. If you haven't got your gear together, Get it tuned up and ready to go because when it starts, you want to try to make yourself a, a spot on a boat, and they're going to fill up quick. So be early. Yeah, and even if we don't talk about fishing, and Phil, I, I've seen some tremendous reports on uh, on your blog. The whale watching has been pretty dynamic this year. Oh, my God. That, that I don't know if you saw that video I threw up there that some gentleman shot off of Crystal Cove, but it, it, it's worth taking a look at. It's spectacular. Three gray whales coming up to the surface and blowing with these beautiful rainbow blows and these common dolphin playing right off their noses. It gives you the scale also, just how big the grays are. But there has been some spectacular gray whale watching. That's still going on. There's still southbound gray whales right now. Some northbounds already starting to show up. 
and really a spectacular thing to take your kids out, show them, and hook them on the sea and hook them on the beautiful ocean that we are so blessed to have, John. All right. Hey, Phil, to catch up with uh, all the things that you're involved with, the the radio show and the great reports that uh, you're giving out throughout the week, how's the best way to stay in contact? Thank you. Make sure you drop by and see us at the Fred Hall Show. And I've got to thank Bart Hall for coming and Hablando Espanol. He came to our Spanish show, and he was great. And we had a lot of fun doing the Spanish show an entire hour with Bart. And it was great as he reached out to the Latino community. And, man, did we get a lot of phone calls and people interested in showing up. You can catch us also by going to pforadio.com. That's Bill Friedman Outdoors. pforadio.com. Check it out now. We've got all kinds of breaking stories on Facebook, PFO. Or if you happen to hablar espanol, you can catch us at Aventuras al Aire Libre on Facebook. And remember, we have our Spanish radio show on AM 690 Friday nights at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. Always a pleasure to be with you, John and Stan. And when Wendy joins you, give her my very, very best. And to all the listeners out there, all my very, very best. All right. Phil Friedman from Phil Friedman Outdoors. Phil, we look forward to speaking to you next week if we don't run into you somewhere else along the line in the following week. You take care, my friend. Take care, John. All right, Rod Real Radio on AM540 or rodreelradio.com. Stay tuned for more to come with the Southern California Inshore Report. It's time for the spectacular 70th annual Fred Hall Show, March 2nd to the 6th at the Long Beach Convention Center. Presented by Progressive. This is the world's largest fishing show, California's largest boat show, and a world-class international travel and hunting show. Celebrating the passion of fishing, boating, hunting, and outdoor recreation for 70 years. Nearly 1,000 booths, hundreds of boats, over 400 seminars presented by Cousins Tackle. A giant kayak and stand-up paddleboard section, California's largest marine electronics display. The Mammoth Lakes Kids Fish Free Trap Pond, Savage Gears Bass Tank, The Accurate Fishing Saltwater Tank, Hobie Kayak Test Rides, Ram Trucks Ultimate Air Dogs, Coaster Sporting Chef Cafe, Archery, Scuba, Fly Fishing, Casting, and so much more. Kids Free, Kids Fish Free, Active Military Free. Join us and share in the 70-year legacy of the Fred Hall Show as we celebrate the passion March 2nd through the 6th at the Long Beach Convention Center. Presented by Progressive. Details at FredHall.com. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics. McCoy Line, Spro Products, Gamakatsu Hooks, G. Loomis Fishing Rods, Shimano Products, Ovid Reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. 
Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. My angler H2O. I will scent my lure with pride. And hope my boss doesn't notice the tan. I will outmaneuver drought-exposed sunken boats and outlast the hard-fighting largemouth bass. I will save water at home for better fishing out here and always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Southern California, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Stan Vandenberg's with us. We're still waiting to hear from Wendy Tashahara, but it's time for the Southern California Inshore Report. With the fish icon himself, Captain James Nelson. Captain James, welcome to this Sunday night edition of Rod and Reel Radio. Well, happy Sunday to you guys, and thanks for having me once again. You know, you know Jim, I, I know it's winter, and you look forward to the drizzle and the rain and the cold and the high seas and everything like that. How are you putting up with these conditions right now? You know, it, it's brutal, John. It's terrible. I actually have to... <laughs> You know, doing the best I can, trying to survive, you know, but what do you got to do? You know, it's, it is what it is. You know, I follow you. What was that, Stan? said suffering through the heat of winter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. Jim, I follow you on Facebook, and and you're always generous with the pictures that you show of your your clients uh, catching fish. And some of the pictures I've seen out there. My gosh, it looks like you're fishing on a lake. I mean, uh, it's been great conditions out here. Now, have the fi- has the fishing been as good as the conditions? You know, it, they have been, and you, you know, they don't always go hand in hand. So, but uh, we've been really blessed with uh, with a week that it did, and everything just seemed to work out. Where, you know, we had both good fishing and good weather. Usually, we we get to we don't get to pick that. It usually comes one or the other. But uh, we were really blessed. It was really good. And, you know, what can I say? You get out there and make those 35-mile-an-hour runs on the ocean. It's, it's pretty fun because you get to your spots a lot faster, get more time to fish. And when you get there, the fishing's great. So you don't, you don't even need the extra time, but it's always nice because it allows you to catch more fish. You know, we, we've been talking also about uh, the red crab. Uh, are you finding that the red crab are still out there? And how are they affecting uh, your fishing? Oh, they're they're out there by by the billions, and you know they really do help. Uh, we actually noticed though the last last couple trips that you know the fish were also biting uh, fin fish patterns, so spoons and anchovies and stuff like that imitates uh, live bait. So it wasn't just about the crab, but you know you go out there with with a bag of red crawls. By the way, John, I need to come get more. And already, <laughs> already. Oh I mean, they just. They chew right through. Yeah, somebody doesn't want to make his plastics more durable, even though we keep asking them to. But 
I think I know why. <laughs> well, I've seen those big fish you've been catching. Uh, now, come on, we, there's a certain amount of built-in obsolescence on those things. I mean, you're coming up with some great fish for the winter, Jim. You know, they're they're worth it. You know, it's if, if like like people say whenever we use soft plastics, they think, oh, wow, you only get one. Those plastics are so soft, you only get one fish. I'm like, yeah, but look at the fish. You know? <laughs> look at well, you got I, one I had another friend that owned no a tackle shop that, a guy walked into the tackle shop and asked him if he had a lure retriever uh, that he could send down and pick up crankbaits when they got stuck. His reply was, why would I want to carry that? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I got more crankbaits. <laughs> oh, man. So, same thing. A little planned obsolescence doesn't hurt. You know, if, I've, if I could say I've caught one fish on every lure that I've made or I've bought, I'd be happier than a pig with his feet in the trough. I mean, it just really works out, uh, you know, that well. But, you know, I'm glad to see they're fishing the artificials because I know you use a lot of artificials. Now, tell me, are you finding fishing in the bay? Are the uh, the red crab invitations working as well as they, they are do. outside? Yeah, they do. Uh, I don't think they're quite as necessary because there's a lot more other critters that those fish can hone in on where the red crabs are kind of a surprise treat to them. And I, I just, you know, I, I've never really been one to think that color really matters, but I think those fish in the bay are just accustomed to looking for other things. And like I said, if a red crab comes by them, they're not going to, they're not going to pass it by, but that's not their main thing. So, yeah. So just the, the good old pumpkin pepper, ghost shrimp looking stuff is working just fine in the bay. The usual greenback baits or, you know, your, your, uh, German flag type colors and stuff like that are working just fine when it comes to uh, swim baits and other kind of soft baits that we throw. But don't don't put it away. If you got a red crab already tied on from the last time you went out in the ocean, throw it. You'd be surprised. You'll still catch fish. Well, I think they just are they're opportunists, and it, and if, if there's an easy meal and it's in front of them, that red crab, it's not like it runs away. They just go through and eat them like popcorn. Uh, so if they're available, yeah, they're used to eating them if they're out. And they may not come into the harbor and find them, but if they see something like that in the harbor, they're used to picking them off when they're out and they're in the open anyhow. So it's just another bait. Like you said, the, the small fin bait is what they they key on when they when they get a chance. They they kind of like variety too. Sure, sure, and you can tell it from what the what the fish do. I mean, if if you ever harvest them and you check their contents, you know. Uh, when you're on the fillet table, I mean, you could do that. Or a lot of times they'll volunteer up what they've been eating. <laughs> so yeah. That's always helpful, too. <laughs> that does give you the shot. And, you know, this, look at what these guys, that's always a good way to find out, you know, when you put them on the boat and they, they volunteer what they've been eating. It gives you a little bit of a, uh insight as to, all right, we're doing the right thing or let's change this up. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and that's it. That's, that's exactly it. And that's, again, uh, you know, I've, I've many times I've said, "Oh, color doesn't matter." Well, you know, there, there's times where it, it really does make a difference if that's really what they're looking for. Um, it, it makes it may not matter as far as whether or not you catch a fish that day, but if your buddy's got five and you've got two, that may be a difference. Well, that's Maybe. great. That's great to hear, Jim, because I've got a heck of a lot of uh, uh, blue crab shapes that uh, I'm going to give you a heck of a deal on when you come in next time. I'll see you. <laughs> John, I'll throw them. <laughs> I'll throw them. <laughs> I know you are. You get on them. Hey, uh, 
Jim, have you had a chance to fish any of the back of the bay right now? I know we've had cooler days. Is is that uh, spotted bay bass still as uh, as good as it's been? You know, our best bay bass bite, believe it or not, John, has been outside Seaport Village to the ferry landing, out in the deeper water. Sometimes, actually, right in the channel, you'll just look down, and uh, you know, a lot of the bay chovies and uh, smelt, and even some of the grunions are actually still deep. So uh, I guess they're, the scrunions are starting to come in and do a little bit of spawn on some of the beaches, but you know, that's usually at night. But you just look at your graph, and you'll, and you'll see just clouds of fish. And that's how we've been getting a lot of our bay bass, believe it or not, dropping quarter-ounce lead heads with just little three-inch grubs. And it sounds weird when you're in 58 feet of water and you're dropping that lightweight thing, especially in current, but that's been the best attack. Just, just keep dropping it down. We're using spinning rods with eight, ten-pound tests. And we're just dropping and feeding line, and then all of a sudden your line just it just does something funny, and you put it in gear, and there's a fish. Oh, and that, man. That's been the best bet. So I don't know if they're if they're planning on doing an early spawn, because that's usually what they do in the spawn, but the shallow water bite has not been great. Um, a good testament of that has been the guys who uh, just fished a tournament last weekend, and even the guys that caught a lot of fish didn't catch a lot of big ones. And normally, I mean, these are the guys that usually fish the shallow waters, tournament guys have no problem throwing right up next to a 20 million dollar yacht so they're fishing around the docks and stuff and and even that bite was really not as good as as it should be this time of year you know jim i've also had a lot of people coming in especially this week and they've been asking uh about how the leopard shark bite is and how the the bite is uh, for the bat rays uh, because a lot of people still like uh, catching those fish pulling on them and releasing it do you have any uh, report that you can give us on that species of fish? You know, um, I can only do it by almanac. I haven't had anybody wanting to do it yet this time of year, this, this year. I mean, last year by this time, we were already on them because that, that's what the customer wanted. And, you know, since that's my thing, it's, you know, trying to give them what they want. I've just kind of been away from the game, so to speak. And so I'm I'm trying to figure it out how to get, how to get on those some more because this Last year, this was a great time to just have a spot all to yourself. And when I'm saying the spot, I'm talking uh, there's a couple spots in the bay that roll off. They don't necessarily drop off sharp into the channel, but they roll off. And it, guys who know the bay know what I'm talking about. South of the bridge is usually where it's going to be. Um, there are some spots north of the bridge around Harbor Island. Same thing. And I'm just looking for that slow slope, that roll off, and uh, just fish fish on the outside edge of that and uh, – and just kind of experiment around, you know, for guys who don't like to anchor, who don't have the trolling motor like I got that anchors for you, that iPilot, just kind of just drift over those spots real slowly. I mean, drift has been nothing right now with three-mile-an-hour winds. But, you know, uh, you know, just throw your bait down there and see. I mean, it, you just got to experiment. Like I said, I haven't haven't done it yet this year, but I'm just going off what we've done in previous years. You know, Jim, we're going we're gonna to have to one day talk a little bit more about that trolling motor system that you have because uh, – I know, uh, you know, when I go out with Dr. Jim, he's impressed with that. In fact, he's looking on putting it into his boat right now. But it gives us such an advantage when we get over a spot where we know there's fish and there's current and there's wind and everything like that, that we can stay stationary on the fish and, and concern ourselves with fishing the fish much rather than positioning ourselves. It, it, it's such a, uh, an advantage. It's definitely a game changer. You know, I, I've had... Uh previous knowledge using one with uh, my buddy Robert's boat. And, uh, you know, it's one thing when you're just playing with it for a day, but when you actually get out there and really use it as much as I do, 
I mean, a pure game changer in the way we fish. Sometimes I have to back off and let myself drift more because, you know, that really is a, a, a process in and of itself. But, you know, just being able to have that feature, oh, I'd love, I mean, we could talk for an hour on that one. Right. Well, <laughs> what, I, what I like in the fact is that, you know, it is not a, an expensive accessory for you to have on your boat. In fact, it's, and it, it is, uh, you know, expensive even to maintain, but you go to that extra step in order to show your clients the best possible uh, opportunity you can to get them to catch fish. And I can tell you it really does make a difference when you get on that that honey hole where those fish are. Absolutely. And, and that's what, what we've been doing uh, the last few days with those sand bass and the calicos. And, even you know, we've been catching the rockfish. Of course, you got to let go. But, you know, when it comes to uh, – the red crabs, like you were saying, you know, it's one thing to drift over them. It's another thing to just sit on top of them and just pluck those fish out. Right. Well, Jim, I know this good weather. Uh, your schedule is uh, is uh, also filling up fast, but if people want to check it on out, want to check out going out with uh, Captain James Nelson, how's the best way to get a hold of you? Well, you can always reach me online. Uh, actually, you could even go to the Rod and Reel Radio website. There's a link there. You could go to thefishicon.com or give me a call, 619-395-0799. All right, Captain James Nelson, thank you for being with us. We look forward Absolutely. to speaking to you next week. Always a pleasure, guys. Thank you, and talk to you next Sunday. All right. All right, bud. Hey, uh, Stan, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about, and we're really running short in time, is... Again, we had another passing in our industry. It was an individual that you knew, uh, uh, Frank Pollock, and uh, just uh, give us about a minute's worth of words on on your remembrances of Frank. Well, Frank Pollock was, first off, you know, he was the guy that was on the air for the Lakers. He ran the boards at the at the studio, same place at 690-1150, where our station was, on at the same time a lot of the time. And Frank is a fisherman. He loved the bass fish. He was a part of... Uh, the L.A. Rod and Reel Club also, but we would always, during the, the breaks, when I had a break and he had a break at the same time, we just walked outside the studio, and we were always talking fishing about Pyramid or Castaic or where they were biting at Casitas and what was going on. But he loved the, the, to fish. He had a passion for the sport, both saltwater and freshwater, and, and it was a, always fun. We looked forward to, to seeing each other when he had the Lakers game going, and I had the the radio radio show going at the same time. Wendy was a lot of times she was there with us, and Captain Bill was there. I mean, Captain uh, Captain Bill, uh, Big Tuna Bill was there too uh, a lot of the time. But he he is a great guy. He was a great guy, and and just loved the sport, loved the fish, and it was fun to exchange. You know what you what you found at the lake last week. If we were going to go fish a tournament, we would share information. Just a great guy, and I was shocked to find that we found that that we lost him. Uh, for sure. Well, you know, Rod Real Radio sends out our heartfelt remembrances to Frank and his family, and uh, uh, just thank you for being a part of our life and letting us be able to think of you with good thoughts, uh, not only as a Laker broadcast, but also as a fisherman. You bet. All right. Hey, that's it for the first hour of Rod Real Radio. Coming up in the second hour, Dennis Spike and Brian Fagan. We're going to talk about fishing for big white sea bass stay tuned more to come george check with me
can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today HM landing 619-222-1144 or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. My Angler H2O. I will never use that fakey fluorescent pink bait or drag my hula popper through the mud. I will outmaneuver drought-exposed stumps, rocks, and submerged station wagons. And outsmart the ravenous river otter. I will save water by taking shorter showers for higher lakes, and I will always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your Quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. Hi, I'm Bart Hall, and I'm back to tell you about the Fred Hall Show, March 2nd to the 6th at the Long Beach Convention Center. Who could have known that when my father started his first show in Los Angeles in 1946, that it would turn into the world's largest and most exciting sport fishing show, one of the nation's most prominent boat shows, and a world-class international travel and hunting show? We are proud of the fact that when you attend a Fred Hall show, we will entertain you all day with nearly a thousand booths, over 400 seminars, hundreds of boats, and dozens of family fun activities. And when it's all over, you want to come back the next day to see what you missed. We invite you to come join us and share in the 70-year legacy of the Fred Hall shows as we celebrate the passion of fishing, boating, hunting, and the pure joy of outdoor recreation. Kids free, kids fish free, active military free. Join the Coastal Conservation Association of California and get in free. Check us out at fredhall.com. The Fred Hall Show, March 2nd to the 6th at the Long Beach Convention Center, presented by Progressive. 
Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career, and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. And we do want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Stan Vandenberg's with me tonight. We've been telling you that Wendy's going to be joining us, but I've getting text messages from her. And Stan, can you imagine? She is stuck in traffic in L.A. I can't believe that. Hard to, hard to believe. It is. Hey, but we're going to proceed without her. You know, as we were saying before, can you imagine catching a big white sea bass? I know a lot of us have had uh, sea bass on and brought them on in. But think about catching a white sea bass at 70 pounds plus. And now think about catching that 70-pound-plus sea bass on a kayak. You know, I can't, I can't even fathom it. But we've got two gentlemen with us that have done so, and we welcome them to Rod and Real Radio. Dennis Spike and Brian Fagan. And Brian Fagan, you're going to know if you pick up the, the latest issue of Western Outdoor News. He is on the cover. And Dennis Spike, as a kayaker, a lot of you have known Dennis Throughout the years, he's an experienced kayak fisherman. Both of them have had experience with 70-pound-plus white sea bass, and I want to welcome both Dennis and Brian to the show. Welcome, morning, guys. Good evening. Hey, it's great. Hey, you know, Brian, let's uh, let's first start off with you. Uh, you know, uh, you're, you're in uh, Western Outdoor News for picking up uh, a sea bass that's over 70 pounds, but, you know, you're not some Johnny-come-lately. You've been doing this for a little while. Talk to us a little bit about your uh, kayak fishing experience. Well, sure. I started about eight years ago in kayaking. I had been fishing all my life, uh, a lot of fly fishing, moved down to San Diego um, to go to school at San Diego State and was fortunate enough to know a lot of guys whose fathers owned boats and did a lot of private boat fishing, and then they owned the boats. And I did a lot of private boat fishing. And then when gas got to be uh, prohibitive for a hobby, for me to go out spending, you know, $100 every time to run down to the Coronados, I started looking for different means to do it. And uh, saw that the kayak was available, saw a lot of fish being caught, and decided I'm going to give this a try. And started with a, a, a real piece of junk kayak, I think, which, which everybody does, and, and one rod and, and one reel and not knowing what I'm doing and, you know, started in the bays and then made it out to La Jolla. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, you kind of learn as you go. Um, the kayak community is real good at helping people out, listen to a lot of people. And uh, got a hobby about uh, six years ago. Really enjoy that. And uh, nowadays, I mean, the, the fish finders you can put on them, the bait tank, you, it, it's really a boat. Um, the nice thing is it doesn't cost you anything once you get to the beach and you get a lot of exercise. And I think it really does help catch a lot of the fish because you're so stealth in that kayak. Uh, probably the other thing I enjoy the most is I don't have to go through what everybody else does in the private boating world of making 10 phone calls back and forth the night before trying to figure out who's going to bring ice or who's going to bring this or that. I decide to go kayaking. I may text a couple of my kayak friends saying, I'm going Thursday. And if they can go, they go. If not, I'm still going. And uh, I turn left when I want, turn right when I want. I really enjoy the kayak for just the peace and quiet and the fact that I'm my own captain. So um, I will probably never get off a kayak until health takes me off it. But at 56, I'm still doing good and just 
just love getting on it, love launching in the dark, seeing every trip is different. And La Jolla is uh, just a beautiful place even when you're not catching fish, which happens often. You can just look around and enjoy the day. The whales will be going by. There's always dolphin, and unfortunately there's always seals. But it gives you something to do when uh, when fishing's kind of slow. So I, I can't say enough about kayak fishing. I just love it. Right. Why don't you give us a little insight on, on your equipment, like the rod and reel combos that you'd use. I mean, the guys started out with two longer rods, went to two shorter rods, and there's probably a happy medium that everybody's kind of has a consensus on that works better, and should they be really stiff or really soft? What what kind of rods are you guys looking at to fish for these bigger fish? Well, I, I primarily fish, you know, a seven-foot rod. Um, I do have a jig stick that I take with me all the time in case the elk tail blow up. But uh, I don't recommend getting real expensive gear because, as Dennis will probably tell you, on a kayak, you rent everything. Sooner or later, it's going to be 100 feet down. Um, not because you tip over, just because things happen. You, I, I can't tell you how many pair of needle nose I've knocked over the side. <laughs> you just... Uh, <laughs> So I just I don't go real expensive stuff. I do have um, uh, the the big sea bass I caught recently was on an Abbott reel. You do have to have Spectra is real real big deal because the fish will take you into the kelp a lot, and without it, your your success rate of getting them out is pretty limited. You know. Now uh, let's get on to Dennis uh, Spike over here, Dennis. Uh, you're coming on this from a different angle because the big fish that you caught was quite a few years ago. And and tell us how you got into the sport because, uh, you know, you came at it from a different direction. Well, first of all, John, thanks for having me on board. Stan, it's been a long time. Nice yes, to it has, you. my friend. And Wendy's hey, on Spike, with us, by the Wendy. way. I'm right. yeah. yeah, hey, Spike. Hey, let's bring Wendy aboard, in. too, now. Wendy wants to say hello, and, and she's... She finally uh, got through the traffic and is with us now. So everyone, Wendy's that with LA us. That LA traffic, Wendy, it drove me to Mexico and then to Bodega Bay. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, well, first nice of all, I got to say hello to Brian Fogel, who is my hero. And we've been trying to hook up for the last week and haven't been able to. We will end up hooking up this week. Brian, the pleasure is more mine. Well, thank you, sir. I would uh, love to come up and go fishing with you sometime or have you come down here. I think that's going to get on the calendar real soon. i got to tell you, come May, that will be 16 years that my fish uh, has held the kayak fishing record. And to see you getting, and I hope it happens, that IGF all-line class record is going to be fabulous. You know, IGFA doesn't recognize kayak fishermen, but kayak fishermen are creeping up deep into their logs. In record fish, <laughs> well, yeah. they don't—they don't recognize the world record if if you touch the rod to the to the side of the boat, but you can stick a fish with a troll rod and it'll count. So you know, there's some discrepancies there. We'd like to cure of a pound, you guys. I think Brian's fish barfed up the bait, and that would have been the record. Well, we got to thank also John Campbell from the IGFA. Uh, he's the representative. Uh, down here in San Diego, uh, Brian, I think he got a hold of you, and he's he's helping you show the way that you can take and uh, apply for a uh, a world record in uh, in the eighty pound class. So, man, that's some congratulations to you, sir. Well, thank you. Yeah, and John has been great because uh, 
you, you pull the application offline, and there's always a, a few things you're not exactly sure what the question means. So I've called him a couple of times <laughs> and finally got everything off in the mail a couple of days ago. I, I don't know how long the process will be. It would be kind of kind of fun to get something back uh, if, if it happens. And, uh, you know, that's not, that's not what I was fishing for a record personally i didn't even know what the record was i just uh i caught the fish uh a buddy came down to the beach and said you know that's the biggest i've ever seen i went to his home uh close to close to la jolla and we he had a bathroom scale i stood on it my 180 pounds and then i held the fish and stood on it and he just looked at me and said get off the scale there's something wrong <laughs> and then we we did it all over again, and he said, "You're driving that thing to Dana." He was looking up on his phone, and he saw Dennis's was 75. We didn't know how close the the scale was, and it turned out to be real close. But um, I'll, I'll still give Dennis the record. He's that that's fine with me. Hey, that's uh, he was one of the innovators in it, so there, that, that's there, quite all right. Two records there, man. Hey, Dennis, two you know, there. You said and you I caught tell your you, fish, Brian. This puts the, and you put such a great face on the sport. And I got like a thousand questions for you. Like all these days you get to go to the beach, you're living the kayak fisher, the kayak angler's dream. And I, you know, what you said about your whole experience with kayak fishing, I've heard it probably 2,000 times directly yeah. from anglers. And it's the zen of kayak fishing. Get, you, know, you know, not having to clean a boat, not having to dump one to three hundred dollars on fuel every time you go fishing, and being your own skipper—it really is the zen of kayak fishing. And that loss and, and ruin of gear and, and gauging what you're going to use out there because everything—what do you say? It's rented. Well, yes, <laughs> our gear is temporary, but the reality in kayak fishing is we fish so much more than anglers who fish, and I hate to use the term hobby, but that's what happened to me. When I started fishing from a kayak, I realized that my fishing hobby went to be a lifestyle. I went from fishing 10 to 15, maybe 20 days a year between the Sierras and the coast to all of a sudden I looked back, and that first year was over 135 fishing sessions on my kayak, most of them on the beach, too, which wasn't that close. But... Uh, the, the, it's the, the ease of kayak fishing, and hey, it really makes it a lifestyle more than anything else. And as you to... grow into it, that loss and, and ruin of gear, you really do negate that in time. I realize, Brian, you've only been at this for eight years. Hey, <laughs> I think everything that I've ever guided, most everything I've written about directly to anglers has to do with not ruining and losing your gear. And that's what I guide. Just being on a kayak, you're going to catch fish. But being able to, yeah. to show people how not to ruin and lose their gear has been a big one for me. Dennis, um, you but, caught your fish 16 years ago. and, and you know when It just doesn't seem like 16 years. Yeah. I'm so, when do we have two or three minutes for a quick recap? Yeah, let's do it, okay? So my cousin directs TV commercials. He's the one who made the kayak fishing video, which is really something I'm really proud of. It's brought thousands and thousands of anglers into the sport. And pretty much the session that I guide to entry level 
kayak anglers put on video. And every year he would call me because early on, in, back in the, I'm guessing it was early 80s, mid-80s, we'd be hooking up these big white sea bass. We didn't even know what they were. We weren't getting them to the boat until the end of the run of the first time we bumped into them. And then every time those, my cousin moved from the valley, uh, Sherman Oaks to Malibu over in Trancas, and every time the squid boats would show up, we'd run out and look for white sea bass. And we went three, four years, and everybody knows about the decline in white sea bass from pollution and overfishing and gillnet, the invasion of the gillnets, and the recovery that started with the um, hatcheries. Um, and uh, he'd call me every time the white sea bass, I mean, every time the squid boat showed up, we'd go out one morning, and we had gone three, four years without, hooking, without getting a bite. The squid were there, but the white sea bass weren't. And this was through the late 90s. Come 2000, he calls me, he goes, hey, Denny, the boats are here. I, and he goes, but I can't fish, I'm working on a job. So I head out there with Falcon and Joey Schutz, two seasoned kayak anglers, and we're sitting out there. Uh, Brian, it was at first light, an important yeah. time to go fishing for white sea bass. But stay out till noon or 1 o'clock because you never know. We catch a lot of fish that way. And I cast it out on a 12-pound outfit. I cast it out a little crocodile, macro pattern crocodile. Reeled it in, and I got hooked with a real, real heavy fish. It had to be a white sea bass. And then my line snapped in the open water column. An amazing thing, I'm a lazy fisherman. The fact that I had a second crocodile in my box yeah. blew me away. And I went to tie it on, and that 12-pound test was snapping off in my hands with the knots. It was bad line. I had made a load of bait earlier, and uh, I had a sardine that was the size of my forearm. It had to be well over one pound. And I pinned it on a 20-pound leader on 25-pound line, which was the heaviest reel I had in my bag. I switched it all out. And I, I fed this big sardine out there. It swam in the middle column. I got frustrated by not getting picked up because I knew the fish were there. I set the rod in the rod holder, closed it down, with the drag set tight enough to set a hook, but loose enough to rip off some line. I was frustrated not getting bit. And I catch some of my best fish by giving up hope. I crossed my arms, was hollering at something at Falcon, and I felt my, it felt like my boat bent in half. I looked over, the rod tip was in the water, literally over the surface of the wa- under the surface of the water, and the f- battle started. There were three big runs that took me for about a thousand yards, and I finally wound up the fish to the side of the boat, and it floated up. What fish float up dead when you finally catch them? White sea bass. It wasn't dead, but it was on its side. Put a gaff hook under its chin, brought it up, and the pictures are at kayakfishing.com. And Brian, one thing in my notes here that I had to tell you, in 2000, kayak fishing as a sport was still really young. And when I caught that fish, there, weren't, there probably weren't even any other websites in 2000. Maybe one or two, a few around the country actually had popped up, but, right. and all regional. But it took 
two years for the, the importance of that fish. I don't know if that's the right word. It took two years for it to set in that I had caught a 75-pound white sea bass. And I've been thinking about that in your fish a lot lately because you have the second biggest white sea bass ever caught by a kayak and probably the biggest white sea bass caught by hook and line. Um, and, and, you know, for the IGFA records. And um, it, it, I don't know where I was going, you guys. I get too excited about all this. Hey, <laughs> hey well, Dennis, we got to take a break right now. Can you hold on? Because I've got, you know I've got I a story. To, I have a question to ask you about the rest of your story. So, guys, we're going to take a break right now. We are uh, uh, speaking with uh, uh, Dennis Spike and Brian Fagan, uh, two kayakers that have been fortunate enough to pick up 70-pound-plus white sea bass on their kayaks. Hey, more Run Real Radio to come. We're going to break right now and be back with you after these messages. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief now that the tuna season is upon us. It's here and it's time to go on the Chief. For those of you who are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 
deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity. We have twin six-ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Real Radio, and we're speaking with Brian Fagan and Dennis Spike, two kayak fishermen extraordinary that have had the opportunity to bring in 70-pound-plus white sea bass from their kayaks. And we were speaking with Dennis Spike. He was telling a story of him catching his fish back in uh, 2000. And, and Dennis, like Brian related to us, he had a little bit of a problem weighing in and getting a correct weight on the fish that he brought in. You had somewhat of a unique problem weighing your fish in. Why don't you tell us about that? So back in the day, Falcon and I, I had a little shop, kayak fishing shop in Reseda, California. Falcon and I head back to the shop, and we, he, he hooked up while he was tailing me and what turned out to be a 59-pound white sea bass. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, it's funny because I felt so good having that support, and all of a sudden I hear, you're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we got to the shop, weighed his fish, it was 59 pounds. Unfortunately, our scale only goes to 60 so I called around to the supermarkets and the weigh station, and nobody had a scale. None of the markets had a scale that went high enough, and the weigh station just didn't seem like an accurate enough weight. So we had the tournament scale, which is a commercial digital scale that we've used for the kayakfishing.com tournaments for the past couple of years. And I cut the fish into three pieces, a head, the body, and the tail. And we got it on there, and we came out with a weight of exactly 75 pounds. After I, and we counterbalanced that weight because we wanted it accurate and, um, or, or checked that weight with the scale several times during the process. Anyway, um, when I finished weighing the fish, I uh, dissected the egg sac, which weighed exactly 10 pounds. And I knew then that, you know, had that fish spawned, we wouldn't. Like I said in that email, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Now, but uh, it was going, quite an event. Going back to Brian. Brian, uh, uh, tell us how you actually caught your fish and uh, and uh, and how how the circumstances of bringing it back into weigh-in. Well, I launched, um, it was a couple weeks ago, Thursday. I launched about 5 o'clock, so about an hour before gray light. And I made some bait which uh, made some greenback mackerel, which I keep in my uh, live well bait tank on the kayak. Uh, I made just about six of them because I don't want to miss that, that gray light bite. That's, um, Dennis is right. You can catch them at any other time, but there seems to be more fish caught right then than any other time. Uh, 
So I went out to the spot that I wanted to fish. Uh, I had a reverse dropper loop with like a three ounce weight on it and a 1-0 ringed um, hook. I pinned the, the, the bait on, dropped it down. There wasn't much wind or very much current that day, just a little bit to keep me moving along. A tiny um, little hook for that fish, just like mine. Yep, yep. And then, uh, lo and behold, when I very first hooked up, I was convinced it was a black sea bass, which there are a lot of, not a lot of, but it's not that uncommon in La Jolla. And we all know they're protected fish. Um, generally, the ones I've caught out there go from 70 to 90 pounds or so. Um, and this fish did not act like a white sea bass and take that long first run. It was just real heavy, like it almost didn't know it was hooked until I was really applying pressure toward it because I wanted to get it off because I wanted to continue to fish for white sea bass. And if it was a black, I didn't want to have the the 30-minute fight to, yeah, to get it and then another 10 minutes to, to release them, um, turn them over and release them, which is hard to do in a kayak. So... I was really putting the wood to the fish when it just took off, and uh, much to my surprise, when I finally saw color, I thought it was something out of Squip's Aquarium or something, because I knew it was a sea bass, but it was a little over five feet long, and I kind of just real quickly grabbed my gaff, which I hadn't even had ready, and uh, put put it into the fish, and... um, Bad back and all, I yanked that puppy right on right onto my chest, <laughs> and then like a, a, a crazy fisherman, I decided, well, there's no point in going in now, so I'm going to keep fishing. I had no room in the kayak, but I kept fishing, and then of course, five minutes later, I did hook up a black sea bass. Oh. Um, so uh, at that point, I decided it was time to come in, but. Um, you know, when they're biting, you got to keep fishing. So that's what the, what my attitude was toward it. But it was uh, definitely a different fight than most big white sea bass. Um, it did not make the long runs. It was just very heavy, steady, but very heavy. And that's why I thought it was a black. But uh, well, now, much to my surprise, it was Brian, not. You and you and Dennis indicated that you were using fairly small hooks to catch these fish, yet you're using fairly large Bates, is there any special way you hook them up or anything you do to ensure that once you get bit that, uh, you know, you get good penetration with that hook? I just, um, it's a circle hook, so I just put it in gear the way you're supposed to and let the fish set himself. I don't, uh, I don't take a big swing or anything like with a yeah. J-hook. Uh, most of the time these fish will take a, a, a run right away. You may get a tap-tap, and then you just get ready to hang on, and they, they set the hook for themselves. I, I like the circle hook. You, you Most of the time you get them in the corner. Uh, I had a 40-pound fluorocarbon leader uh, attached to my 65-pound spectra, about a 6-foot leader. Um, it worked great. It, it, was, you know, it caught that fish and the black right after that. Yeah. Um, How about you, Dennis? I hate to date myself, Brian, you and I are the same age, but way back then, <laughs> way back then I wasn't even using circle hooks. I uh, pulled car, were a, you a using nice carved bone or something or what? <laughs> What's that? Were you using carved uh, whalebone or what? <laughs> yeah, I did a little bone hook. I took a nice little number one hook uh, out of my box 
and it was like Spike's piercing parlor. I put this thing, I'm a nose hooker, I always have been, and I put this thing right through the nose, and you could hardly see any hook point or barb exposed, and I sent that thing out, and it was perfectly placed in the side of the mouth. Wow. And and do you let Spike? Do you let your fish run? I mean, as soon as you feel it's on, do you set the hook? Or like Brian using a circle hook, uh, do you let it run a little bit since it's such a big bait? You know, I fish a lot of circle hooks now, and that's something that Bill Beebe, the the acclaimed writer, fishing writer, for uh, turned me on to. And it's a completely different style of fishing when you're using a circle hook, and you actually need to let that fish run and put some weight on the rod tip before you put any pressure back on it. But that's just a, a technique change. And I fish both of them. I do fish more because, like I said, I'm a lazy fisherman. Half of my fish, at least, are hooked with the rod in the rod holder. And by the time I scramble, you got a little bit of a calamity in a kayak to get a, a hooked-up rod out of a rod holder. And by the time I get back there on a circle hook, that fish is always perfectly uh, hook set and no need to, to put, take a swing on it. Now, Brian, are you nose hooking uh, the fish too, or are you uh, belly hooking them? Yeah, ab- yeah, absolutely. I'm nose hooking, and I do probably use a smaller hook than most of the guys I see for the same reason Dennis said. I just want to hide that thing completely. And are, are you going from the bottom lip up to the top, or are you doing across the nostrils on the top of the uh, uh, the fish? I go right across the nostrils, and a greenback mackerel can stay on that hook for hours. Now, I like to change them out, but it it could stay alive. Just hook to... If you go through the mouth, you're going to tend to kill them after after a short period of time. For me, it depends on what kind of bait it is and how steep I want it going. I'll call you as soon as I'm off the shore. Go on, Dennis. Yeah, I was just saying, for me, it depends on what kind of bait I'm using and how deep I want it to go. I, if I'm not mistaken, if I go up through the nose, I tend to get the fish going down deeper. And if I go sideways through the nose, keeps them up in the top and middle water column. And, I have a question depends, for you guys. Don't take that as gospel. It also depends a lot on the, of the amount of weight I got on the line. Yeah, Wendy, go on. I have a question for you guys. Um, when you guys fish for white sea bass, what do you find is um, the bait of choice, whether it's mackerel, squid, uh, sand dab, lizard fish, um, sardine, anchovy? What, what, do you, what do you think is the number one bait? And, uh, um, yeah, which one, what do you think is the number one bait? Yeah, Go for Brian, it, Brian. Yeah, Brian. Well, I... If there are squid around and I can make squid, I'll always use squid. Now, right now, there is a minute little bit of squid out in La Jolla, um, but it's it's not easy to make unless you have lights and you're out there in a boat at night. Um, so my my second one is going to be a live greenback, and I'm and I'm going to switch that out if I've made if I've made ten baits, I'm going to switch that guy out after. 15 minutes and put another one down there. I want the liveliest one I can moving around so down if, there, making if, vibration. If you're using uh, mackerel, are you clipping any fins or anything, or you're just leaving them the way you got them? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not clipping any fins because um, that's a technique that you may do if you're actually potholing in the kelp 
which might be the most boring fishing in the world to me anyway. Um, uh-huh. I'm usually off the kelp a little bit to where I can drop it down to the bottom without too much interference, and I want that fish to make as much vibration as possible. So I don't want to clip any fins. And Dennis, how about you? What's your bait du jour? I follow the commercial squid. When the squid are out there, even if it's a little tiny concentration, like Brian said, I'm going to run out there. And if I can make squid or get them off of a light boat, fine. Otherwise, I've got that sabiki in the water, and I'm going to make a live bait. There is an exception to all of this. When I can't make bait, I'm putting on a white twin tail piece of rubber. A white scampi. All right. Hey, okay. Dennis. What about, what yeah. about, um, do, have you, do you do any of the techniques or wh- which technique do you use? Do you fly line? Do you uh, use a sliding egg sinker? Do you use a lead head and squid? Or do you even, or use a balloon? Wendy, if you think about the white sea bass in their school, they, mm-hmm. they're not confined to one level. Um, right. And, and there's a big mass of fish in the water. So you're going to pick them up off the top, you're going to pick them up off the bottom, and you're going to find them in the middle. So I pretty much just use a Carolina rig or a dropper loop with enough weight to let that fish swim around and cover some territory and keeping them at, again, the top, the middle, and then near the bottom. Um, and then you've got all your classic white sea bass techniques, like hanging a... Uh, white sea bass jig a foot or two off the bottom with or without a right. whole squid on it. All of that stuff works. But you don't really have to focus into a specific area. If you can find the, the or a specific zone, if you can find right. the area, you're going to bump into those fish. Hey, guys, uh, you know, if people want to get a hold of you to find out more about white sea bass fishing or fishing on a kayak, Dennis, quickly, how's the best way to get a hold of you? Listen, I wanted to say thanks to Rod and Real Radio. And I'm sorry I'm not on with Bart, but Bart is one of the guys who's responsible for Brian and I being, being able to be on the radio with you. Uh-huh. And, uh, and uh, you can reach me if you ever have a question about kayak fishing, because that's pretty much all we do, at the website kayakfishing.com which is the same site you've been looking at, people have been looking at, for the last 18 and a half years. But within two weeks, there's going to be a whole new kayakfishing.com there offering resource and reason for veteran anglers to come back. And that reason is free stuff. You know, Dennis, I'm sure Bart appreciates that compliment because I think he's on hold right now waiting to get on. But, (laughs) Brian, if uh, people need to get a hold of you, is there a best way to do it or – uh, just, uh, you know, give you the high side when you're uh, out on the water or what? Yeah, just uh, pretty much give me the high five down on the water. I, uh, um, you can reach me through an email at SD is in San Diego at gmail.com. All right. Dennis Spike, Brian Fagan, kayak fisherman extraordinaire, and two guys that have uh, come back with 70-pound-plus white sea bass. Guys, congratulations to you, and and good fishing, and I look uh, to having you on the radio again when you break the record again. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks, everybody. All right. No kidding, guys. Thanks for being with us. That was great stuff. Hey, we got to take a break right now. Coming up next, show promoter Bart Hall. He's going to be talking about the Fred Hall shows coming on up in just two weeks in Long Beach. Stay tuned.
There is more Rod Real Radio to come. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, Bass Fisherman, who do you call for your Bass Boat Insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the Bass Boat Program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for BASSBOAT insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. My angler aged to earth. Like the mighty flounder, I will keep one eye on the pole and the other watching for rogue waves. I'll save water by taking shorter showers and enthusiastically celebrate talk like a pirate day. Aye. I will chat up the locals before launching in unfamiliar waters. And I will always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. It's tuna time, and it's time to reserve your spot on one of the newest boats in the fleet, the 70-foot Sea Adventure 2 at H&M Landy in San Diego. It has a really comfortable galley that seats up to 24 passengers with all the comforts of home, including two big satellite flat-screen TVs and satellite phone. The huge new bait tank and slammer ensure plenty of bait for everyone, and two four-ton refrigerated fish holds, both RSW and blast-free, have plenty of room to keep your catch as fresh as the minute you caught it. Reserve your spot on the Sea Adventure to online at hmlanding.com or call H&M Landing at 619-222-1144. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. And now it's time to get caught up on what's happening with the 2016 Fred Hall Ultimate Outdoor Experience Show. And we've got the promoter for the show, Bart Hall himself, with us. And, Bart, I've got to tell you, you must feel good with the number of people that come up and tell you how many people, uh, I mean, how you and your dad have just been an integral part of their fishing life, just like Dennis, Dennis Spike did just here uh, a couple of minutes ago, wanting to thank you for helping you get him get more involved in the sport. It's got to be a great feeling. Well, it is. And, uh, by the way, hello to everybody. <laughs> hello. Hello, Bart. Hi, Wendy. I didn't hear your voice. Hello. Uh, <laughs> Hi, Bart. Uh, um, yeah, you know, the. Um, please excuse me if it sounds bad because I'm standing in a stairwell in a hotel because I've taken my lovely wife of 48 years out to a Valentine's dinner, and in order, the only quiet place I could find is in the stairwell. 
Oh, that's Bart, a perfect place for Jerry, the show. You wife, we can you hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear you fine, Barton. We appreciate oh. your your dedication and uh, can't tell you much. We appreciate you being with us to update uh, us on what's happening with uh, this year's show at Long Beach. Well, I want to tell you a story about that, about people coming up and thanking us. And the day my dad died, it was a Saturday at uh, Long Beach, and um, and the word got out, and there must have been, I don't know, hundreds of people came up to me and said, you know, I caught my first fish at your show. My children caught their first fish at your show. And today my grandchildren are going to catch their first fish at your show. I, I mean, nice. I, can't, I, I lost I lost track. I mean, it was like, and it was amazing to me. I mean, I knew it was impactful, but I had no idea it was that impactful. So, yeah, it's a, it's a really great feeling when that happens. Well, you know, the, the Fred Hall shows... Has legs, Bart. I mean, uh, how many years has this been going on? This is the 70th year. This is our 70th anniversary. Uh, I was born in 1945. The first show was 1946. So uh, I'm 70. The show is 70. That's how it works. Isn't that incredible? And obviously, over the years, the show has evolved a little bit. What what are some of the, uh, the things that have happened to make the show what it is today as compared to the way it started? Well, uh, you know, when my father started the show, we didn't sell anything. We just showed, we just, it was a show. We showed stuff. And then uh, about 35 years ago or more, a little bit more, Mike Lum was uh, part of Andrews uh, along with, uh, uh, you know, until before it became Turner's. And uh, he and I convinced my dad to start selling stuff at the shows. And then for a while, Turner's had the exclusive until Mike left. And then we opened up to everybody. And although Turner's is still our largest retailer, uh, now the the, um, the floodgates opened and the, the ability for people to buy stuff at the show increased. And then, you know, we did like two or three seminars in those days. And that was my idea to uh, to increase it. And now Mike Lum hates me. And we do over 400 seminars a month. So, yeah, Sorry, that was pretty uh, funny. <laughs> yeah, he does. I mean, it's it's all his job to put it together, you know. It is. It's overwhelming. I mean, with all the other stuff we have to do to add 400 seminars on top of it is crazy. And they're good seminars. We don't let you do a seminar if it's crap. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Well, you know, not only is it in a place. I, I always think that going over there to buy stuff is such a small part of the show. because. It is. It is a one-stop shop, uh, a stop for information on almost any type of fishing you want to do out of the Southern California, or for that matter, the Southwest region. Well, just think about it, John. You know, how often can you get in a room with that many fishermen in one place? I mean, it does, that's the only place I know of where I can get with that many fishermen at one place. It's a very uplifting experience, and people want to tell their stories. They want to share their passion for fishing. As a matter of fact, our slogan this year is celebrate the passion, because that's what we all do. We're passionate about fishing. We're not in the fishing business because it's how because you, you didn't say, I'm a kid and I want to make a lot of money, so I'm going in the fishing business. Nobody does that. Yeah. You go in the fishing business because you love the fishing business. You love fishing. You love the people who fish. So that's, what's the, that's the exciting part for me. Well, you know what the exciting part, what I would love to do, I've been in this industry for a while now. It's been about 16 years, and 
you know, I get to do all kinds of different fishing, but I would love to be a civilian at the Fred Hall Show and be able to attend all the seminars and participate in everything you have there. And not and and I know it would take all five days. You know, Wendy, I just wrote an article in Western Outdoor News about that where I said I wish I could be someone walking in the door of the Fred Hall Show for the first time. I know I can't because I'm the guy behind the curtain making the magic, you know, but um, it, I wish I wish that too because it must be very spectacular if you you know, just walk in and be bombarded with all that stuff. I mean, there's so much quality stuff about fishing. I don't think there's there's nothing like this, like the Long Beach Show, anywhere on the planet. There's I've been to all the shows everywhere in the world, and there's nothing like Long Beach. It's really unique, and we're very lucky to have it. And I hope people don't take it for granted. You know, I, I, you know, I have to agree people with you. Over and over again, if you're going to come down and watch or, or just to see the Fred Hall Show, Plan on being there more than one day if you really want to take the time to go through the aisles and actually go into the booths and see what's there. Because if you don't do that, you're going to miss a lot of what's available. Because all of the manufacturers, a lot of the newest stuff on the market is there. Some of it's not even on the market yet. So you got a chance to really get a preview of what's to come. Plus, they're going to show you what's new and they're going to, if you actually have a chance to talk to them, because I don't get a chance a lot of the time if you have, I've got a booth there and I have to work with my sponsors, but I'll walk down and I'm looking for the new stuff uh, at every show just to find out, you know, what what are they bringing out that I haven't got yet or I haven't had a chance to fish yet, and that goes salt water or, or fresh water. It just is a fun, fun event. And I've got guys that, that go on my 14, there are 13, 14 day trips with me that come down from Northern California that stay at the hotel there. And they're there for, they're there for at least two days just so they can catch all of the stuff that's around and see if there's anything new that they want to bring next year. You know, Bart, I, I agree totally. It's that, that's the fun part, I think. Bart, we also have to emphasize that, you know, we're talking about it being a, a fishing show and all the great fishing tackle and the innovations that's there. But uh, you also go to a lot of effort to make it absolutely the best boat show that anyone can attend on the West Coast. Well, it is California's largest boat show. We kind of inherited that title during the recession because other boat shows, you know, don't get enough people to stay viable and and 80% of the boat dealers in California went out of business, but the 20% that were left were mostly down here. So, yeah, we're now California's largest boat show, and we're, we're proud of that title, and I love that. And, you know, we're, we're also a world-class international travel and hunting event, and um, 60% of our attendees are involved in the shooting sports. And it doesn't get a lot of attention because, you know, you come to the Fred Hall Show to find out about fishing. But we're getting more and more hunting-related stuff. We're getting more and more manufacturers of firearms to uh, to participate and to just show their stuff. We don't sell anything there, but just show their stuff so that, you know, the people who are involved in that will, will uh, be able to be satisfied as well. And, you know, that's why we call it now the ultimate outdoor experience because it's not just fishing. It's not just boating. we got international travel and hunting and dive. You can, you can go to that show. Wearing your clothes that you wear, walk into the dive booth, put on a dry suit, step into the dive pool with a scuba tank on, have a scuba dive lesson, get out, dry your hair off, take the dry suit off, and then walk around the show. I mean, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. (laughs) 
yeah. you know, and, and, and not only are, are do you have shooting there now, but when it comes to hunting, there's bow hunting. And, heck, if you just want to go out and hunt with a knife, you uh, offer a, 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 enough access there to, to manufacturers that you can do that. It's, you know, it is fishing, it's shooting, but it's all types of hunting. That's all they hunt in Hawaii. You know, they hunt with spears and knives. I know these guys, they hang out from trees and, and kill pigs with knives, you know. Wendy, What's really great about the Fred Hall Show is that it's a family event. And you can take your kids and they can catch their first trout. You can take your kids and they can go shoot a bow and arrow. You, I mean, it's, or they can shoot the simulators or, or, or fish with the simulators. I mean, it's just so neat because there's, there's something to do for everyone, whether you're male, female, a kid, grandkid, um, somebody that's, you know, in their 80s. There's something for everyone. Well, thank you, Wendy. That was a, That's part of our business model that my father started in 1946. He always said we want to provide a full day's worth of family entertainment for a family that comes to our shows. And that's why we have all that goofy stuff. That's why we have the Ram Ultimate Air Dogs. That's why we have the Great American Duck Races. That's why we have the Mammoth Kids Fish Tree Trout Pond. We have archery and air guns and climbing walls and bungee jumping. We want to make sure that when you come there, and we sell jewelry, you know, so we want to make sure when you come there that the entire family has a great time and wants to come again next year. That's part of our deal. Right. Even well, Fido can have a good time. <laughs> yeah. Bart, <laughs> I know we're taking you away from your Valentine's dinner, so we're going to let you get back to it. But before you do... Oh, you're bored of me already? Oh, my God, I thought I had four minutes left. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, John. Just kidding. Where, uh, uh, tell us the details about the show, where it's going to be, the hours, and uh, all the other details we need to know. All right, we're March 2nd to the 6th. Wednesday through Friday, it's 1 to 9. Saturday, it's 10 to 8.30. Sunday, it's 10 to 7. We have two special seminars on Thursday and Friday before the show opens. One by Cousins Tackle, which is going to be uh, Bill Varney talking about surf fishing. And then on uh, Friday from uh, Berkeley, we're going to have Marlon Mead talking about uh, trout fishing in the Sierras. And those uh, special seminars can only be purchased online. They're limited, and it includes admission to the shows. So... That's how we rock, and we're really excited. I can't wait for the show to start. Yeah. Yes, Wendy. Are you going to have the DFG there before the show on one of the days uh, in a question and answer? Yes, the DFG will be there on Saturday for question and answer. As a matter of fact, I have two of them this year, Wendy. I have the the whole panel, but I kind of got to know a little bit uh, Commander David Bess, the head of the law enforcement, and he's a big proponent of the partnership between ethical fishermen and ethical hunters and the enforcement division. So he's going to be there giving a, a talk about that. I've heard him do this before. It's really fascinating. I'm going to actually moderate that. That's going to be, uh, I think, around 11 or 12 o'clock on, uh, on Saturday at Long Beach, and it's really good. And then the, the, the DFG people, the DFW people will all be there, uh, I think it's 2 o'clock on Saturday. So when is that seminar? That will be 11 o'clock on Saturday. Where is that, Mark? It's, oh, both of those are in the Mammoth Lakes Seminar Stage, which is right Perfect. near the 100 row of the show. And now, don't forget, Bart, if you want to sign up, if you want to get into the Fred Hall yes. Show and get coupons, CCA California um, is going to have a booth outside the Fred Hall Show, and you can become a member and get in for free. 
And also, well, not just a member, Wendy. You know, it's a you can become a member online and get nothing for it. You're a member, but if you join at the show, it's more expensive. But you're going to get into the show for free, and you get a a booklet that's potentially worth thirty two hundred dollars. So it's Woo. really quite a value. <laughs> Bart, you know, uh, uh, there's so much to do at the show, but you've got two great sources to get the schedules and everything like that for the show. Where can people go to pick up further information and detailed about the upcoming Fred Hall show at Long Beach? Well, our, our website soon, as soon as Mike Lum gets off his butt, you know, I mean. <laughs> I know that Mike Lum is just a smack. He works 20 hours a day, seven days a week. But those seminars will be up pretty soon, and then Western Outdoor News will have them next week. All right. Bart, we're going to let you get back to dinner. You just have a great Valentine's Day. Thank you for taking time to be with us. Thank you, guys. I, I always enjoy being on your show. Thank you very much for supporting fishing and everything we do. No, thank you. Because thank you, Bart. I hope Mike Lum is listening. Love you, Mike. <laughs> I, I hope so, too, because that was a dig directly at him. He's the greatest guy, and, and he deserves all the credit. He's okay. Hey, that was Bart Hall from the Fred Hall Show's Ultimate Outdoor Experience coming up in Long Beach starting on March the 2nd. Hey, guys, we've gone way, 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 way over time. We've got to say goodnight. So, hey, thanks for your contributions tonight. Uh, our pleasure, as usual. <laughs> right. Wendy, thank you. All righty. We'll talk to you guys next week. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. If we're still on the air, I want to thank Horian uh, for uh, uh, you know pushing all the right buttons on our AM540 studios. Ben Harvey for uh, being our local producer. Always in memory of Big Tuna Bill and Eddie McEwen for uh, leaving us this uh, legacy that is Rod and Reel Radio. And also you, the listeners, thanks a lot for staying with us. We'll be back next Sunday night starting at 5.05 p.m. on AM540. So go out there. Be safe. Get on the water. They're getting away. We're out for now. Good night, everybody. you gone fishing. How you know? But there's a sign upon your door. Gone fishing.